0: Mais je ne suis pas là nous, ne pouvons pas quitter ce monde. Ça vient, c'est dans le département de la Thibonite, ça vient. Ça vient par l'autre côté de notre pays. Je ne pas camper pour 20, 30 nègres décider de dire c'est eux qui dirige le pays que nous devons diriger. C'est nous qui nous diriger. Ça veut dire c'est ça que nous devons non charge de mais ça k passe la tibonite a nous ça c'est parce que série de la tibonite nan poche Nous sommes les Tiboniques, ça, qui n'a pas en série mon Si on ne vin pas sou sur pou table pour nous parler ensemble, pour voter pour moi, je dois poche pour me sou pou sur la table pour mettre la sécurité dans la Tibonite. C'est ça que nous faisons, c'est l'homme qui nous fait. Nous ne pouvons pas mte pour Là, nous avons problème. Nous ne votons pas pour nous arrêter dans le palais, pour nous arrêter dans l'inconditionnel. Là, nous avons un problème. Nous devons voter pour nous arrêter pour nous arrêter, pour nous arrêter devant nous. Parce que c'est nous qui sommes le bon pouvoir et nous avons toute ça qui Nous voyons. Nous voyons. Nous vivons. Nous sommes là. pas nous. Je dis à la réforme qu'on a, a dans pays. C'est pas moi-même seul qui parle bénéficiel.
1: so hello everyone welcome to the 1804 um today i've got a special guest here um steve for the titimbo podcast um today we're going to keep a uh, light discussion um touch on about uh, touch on certain topics in terms of what's sur- uh, surrounding haiti um as well as potentially a uh, gang culture uh and a, as well maybe a multipolar world and where haiti fits into that as well so hello steve how are you doing today
2: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm a big fan of what you've got going on. Trying to instill some revolutionary mindset into like uh, the Haitian diaspora. I guess the ha- the English speaking Haitians. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> trying to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and before we get into it, Tim. Um, so let um, talk about what you essentially what your podcast is about and what type of videos you make. I know you're, you're also you're, you have a podcast, but it's housed a lot on YouTube. So just tell us about what you what your content is.
2: Well, so like my content started, so like my parents were first, they immigrated to the United States mm-hmm. and as a first generation, like if your parents don't know the systems and things to do, you waste a lot of time because you have to learn it on your own. So it all started with putting together pieces on like, what's your IRA? What's your 401k? You know, like so when people are being approached at their jobs about these topics, they would understand what's going on there. Um, then just a variety of different topics that are in part of our everyday life in America and just some mindset- um changes that i think haitians need to implement so i do it all in creole because my creole is not great but i want to tackle the people that are coming here so that way they could have like more success and have a better american experience that's okay, kind of yeah, like makes what
1: sense. i yeah. okay no that's good and all of them and all times um it's a good thing because even then like i find it's more intuitive than having the video rather than uh, some because you can find some of this info some maybe online and stuff but it's like it's not intuitive and might be hard for if you're trying to find it for the first time, it might be difficult for you to find first. So I find it easier for me personally that's packaged up in a video well, n- not too.
2: not only that, like if you're trying to read English and your English is not strong, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like, <laughs> You know, by by breaking it down and then, like, I'll put visuals on the screen and everything to kind of illustrate some of these points. So that way, like, while I'm explaining it in Creole, so it's their native tongue, so they understand it, then they can see the numbers or they can see the concept or whatever. And I think it just helps people better understand, like, oh, this is what this is, this is what that is. So, you know, it's not like every life, every person's life is different. So, like, there's no one size fits all. We're all having, like, a tailored experience. But if you have like a rough understanding of what things are going on, then you know at least know which questions to ask or Mm -hmm. you know, like you know, whatever. And then not only that, when people comment on the videos or they watch Mm -hmm. at me, I always respond. So it's not like I'm not selling anything, I'm not whatever. It was just like kind of like a passion project.
1: Okay, no, that's nice. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So So, and now we can get into it now because we were talking about we had a chat earlier about maybe talking about um Um, gang culture and this is where i want to bring up maybe um jimmy sherry's but before i even start in terms of gang culture what do you think um as of now in terms of like uh, the di- not the diaspora but the citizen actually in haiti and with these gang um and with the ongoing gang um, situation going on what do you see how do you see the situation like from a year or two from now like in terms of like this like i know it's gotten worse over especially after the assassination although it was always there Um, Well, how, what do you see maybe a year or two from now? And then assuming that um, there will be held elections by 2025 as what the Montana court was trying to say.
2: Well, I'm actually optimistic now. And what really created my optimism, because I was very discouraged for a while was Mm -hmm. the Boakale movement. So basically I think, um, you know, there's not a lot of options for the youth in Haiti, but now joining the gang has possible negative consequences because I mean they are straight like chopping people up. Like they're not yeah. playing. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so you gotta kind of think twice as to how's this gonna work out long term. Yeah. So I, I think um, you know, like whether or not there's an election, I think the amount of people willing willing to participate in the gangs are mm-hmm. going to diminish. Additionally, if you look at like a uh, Cape Haitian, they're really not having it. And then I forgot yeah. the guy's name in the South. Um, there's a guy in the in the south, I can't remember his name. Um, but Politician? he's no, he's not a politician. He's just like some guy who's like, yo, this is my area, we're not gonna have this nonsense. Oh, yeah. Um, so he and you know, if I can message someone and find out for you if yeah. you want. <laughs> but um, there's a the guy in the south who's not playing either. So I think now where people are seeing, like, hey, when you're like a victimizer and someone can't fight back, it's it's a no-brain decision. But I think as the populace right. are starting to fight back and say, hey, we're not gonna have this, we're not gonna accept this, then people are gonna start questioning that. And then not only that, as the general population sees they're having success in this. I think that's going to embolden them to pursue to further. So there's actually like a, a real threat, and when just because you have guns, like you know, like it's a, a bullet small, so you have to be yeah. precise to hit. And to easily <laughs> miss as well. So if they come up with you, like you know, the range they have on you with the machete, like they have a better chance. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's you know, like machetes freed Haiti before, so apparently machetes are gonna free Haiti again. So yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. full
1: circle moment, maybe. yeah. <laughs> okay, no, and that makes um like what you said too, and in terms of the um the maybe people um being discouraged of joining because people would be um more emboldened. What do you think about a, because there's talks, I'll give you background on this. There is currently, according to Miami Herald, we currently have um, some U.S. officials training a special unit in Haiti to eventually have a SWAT, like an official um, special unit. Um, They did have that in, um, for example, in Jamaica, they have a special unit. And that was the same unit at the time that Um, They had caught um, John Joel Joseph, like hiding, like he had taken a boat from Haiti to Jamaica after the assassination. And he was hiding there for a bit. And that was the same unit that was able um, to find them. And in Jamaica, not that they're having much success with it, but that is the same unit that's going on there and um, fighting gangs as well. So for Haiti, um, I always thought, like, what do you think if like the, do you think it would make much of a difference once this special SWAT unit is in place? Um, do you think it would be actually, it would actually help diminish the gang activities going on?
2: Yes, I think so. Cause it's going to be like a more competent force that's pursuing them, but it's only going to help if the population does not let off the gas. Right. So like in the States, I think most cities have like one cop per thousand people. Mm -hmm. And the way the system works is because whenever someone sees a crime, they report it and then the cops show up. Mm -hmm. So I think depending on, um, how big this unit is and how they're located. I mean, there's a lot of obstacles to just like navigating through Haiti, so it's gonna be yeah. like, hard for them to to chase. But they have that element of surprise, right? So like no one knows where they are. So if someone's, re- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if someone's gonna, if there's the possibility of someone reporting and if someone could show up. So you know, I I, I referenced this in one of my videos where I was showing them an example of like neighborhood watches in America. Mm, okay. So I, I think what needs to happen um, is you know like every person like. If you have, like, an Idenpize, which is, like, a yeah. like a little telephone whatever, yeah. if you have a phone or whatever, you need to realize, like, hey, you're going to be your part of solving this issue. So now, yeah. you know, if, you know, the police have – because, like, when I go to Haiti, I go to Labul, and there's, like, an outpost mm-hmm. right there on the Rhi going to Kinskof. And there's a little police station. It's not, like, a massive police station, right? But if everybody's like, okay, like, this is the police station, and then I'm the eyes. So whenever I see something, I'm going to contact them so that way these mm-hmm. guys can show up there. I think that's what's going to help. So it's – it's levels is layers of things that are going to result in creating a solution. So everybody has to have like a, on all hands on deck mentality where I see something, I call the police. If there's like a persistent problem in an area, then we can call the special task force unit.
1: Yeah. And that makes sense. That makes sense. And the sense of community too. Cause even with the Bois Calais movement, like I would have not, if you had asked me like three months ago, I wouldn't have thought that people would be coming out with machetes and going like, trying to find um alleged gang members right yeah um so i think being bold in this would help too um leaning to that now so we know there's a bunch of so just to give you some background the un sorry so there's um Vitalom that we um there's Vitalom, a gang member there's village uh, village de Dieu. there's um what's his name i trying to forget Katsamaozo and as well as there's the other gang, um. He's at Village Dior, but I forget. I keep forgetting his name. Let me find him. Izo. Oh. Okay.
2: Well, I'm not too well versed on all the yeah, gangs, yeah. like the Yeah, I know. <laughs> so
1: yeah. <laughs> well, no worries. So there, these are the three main like that are usually always. If you look at Haitian media, they're always the main ones talked about, or on like Izo's on social media. But a lot of them, you can. Um, they're involved in. Um, gang activity mainly killings and all that stuff. There's this other guy named Jimmy Cherizier of um, G um G9. And just to give you a background from his story, essentially the, that G9 coalition was just a unity between his um his gang as well as others. And not necessarily to do criminal activity, but actually to protect the surrounding neighborhoods that they do occupy from actual um gang activity. Um, now when you look at uh, and we'll get into it, but so when you look at the mainstream media though, um, when they whenever they paint Jimmy Cherise or talk about him in an article, they bunch him in with um the actual like the criminal gangs. Now, at the same time, you could be like, Well, I've seen Jimmy Sherize hold guns. Like, so I'm, you automatically you're like, Where do you get the where did you get your weapons, right? Yeah. From the first thought. Um, but I want to get your opinion because he's And I'll I'll play the clip a bit after, but essentially I, my belief is that he's part of a smear campaign that just started, that started in Haiti and then it kind of blew up. And then the international community took on because one thing that struck me is that out of the, so the U S had already launched an investigation of the 20 mercenaries, Canadian American mercenaries that were kidnapped. And they had already said it was Katsamao.
2: You mean the missionaries not mercenaries.
1: The, oh my bad. Mer- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> missionaries. Yeah.
2: I just want everybody to know they were missionaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> my bad. Yeah. yeah. The missionaries. So so essentially it what thing that caught my eye is out of the all UN um the UN sanction, he was the only one that's that has gotten sanction out of those all those gang members and he's also the one who's the most accessible uh, by mainstream media meaning He's the only one where mainstream media, like if you're going down to Haiti and they want to interview with a gang member, it's always him that's available. Um, so now with that being said, I want to get um what do you think? Um, what what do you think would be a the reasoning for them to to be maybe pinning him him at an, in a negative light compared to the other gang members that we do know, and it's been um reported that they have done kidnappings and even they say they do kidnappings as well.
2: So I'm not too well versed with yeah, here, but I did see a little documentary on him before. And what mm-hmm. I've come to realize is, as how do I put this the Western international community as yeah. a whole is whenever someone tries to be self-determining, this is when they come in and they create opposition with somewhat like a smear campaign. Yeah. So I think, you know, when they tell you if you look at someone that so so let's let's think about what you know, like the Western community does to these countries, right? Yeah. They, they go in there with a meal for a day and they create <laughs> a a begging mindset, right? So then you're not, you as the the person that's there, you don't have that, um that ability, not, not the ability, because you have the ability, but you don't have that mindset of like, I have to do this. I have to create my own change, et cetera. So they basically pacify the populace, right? Yeah. So if I were looking at it, in those terms and you see it happen over and over and over again, I would not say that they have my best interest at hand. So now if these people that do not have my best interest at hand are telling me like this guy who's saying that, Hey, I'm here to defend my neighborhood. is not on my side. I would really question that. So I, I think, you know, even without knowing him, but by knowing what I've seen repeated through various countries by his opposition, they would make me, (laughs) they would make me want to support him uh, just a little bit more. But what I would say um, with him, um, you know, it, the country can't be ran by any gangs, whether he's a good gang, bad gang, etc. cetera, right? Fox. Okay. Yeah. So um, he's going to have to align himself with, if he's going, like, right now I, I understand, like, police may be, un, un, like, uh, undermanned, not out of police staff, etc. but mm-hmm. he would have to align himself to make that distinction very clear, to be like, hey, we're always here as a supporting force for these people. We're here as a reporting force. So, like, if I were in his shoes, I would be a big documenter, of every day when I'm, like, going to this police official telling him, hey, I'm here and whatever, this is what I see, this is whatever. So that way when people are questioning me, then they can see my actions or at least the story that I'm telling. So that way it's not um just – because, you know, they have, like, the, the megaphone blasting, like, yeah. hey, this guy's bad. So you have to counter that. And it's something I see a lot of people, like, people don't realize, like, in order to undo something, like you have to put an effort to undo it. It's not just, let me, let me be passive and the time will tell. So I know he likes to give speeches and things like that, but it needs to be more, um, more action. And additionally, the people who are benefiting from him, he needs to say, Hey, just like a Google review. Hey, I need you guys to go on social, on your social media, tell people, like, give them your honest opinion of me. And I think if he's doing the right thing, then that story will come to light. Cause then someone like me or someone like you we can aggregate all those stories put it all together yeah. and then people will see them one back to back to back to back so that that is um what i would say so i i, I don't know yeah. st- you know like i'm not too well versed but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is like the best i can offer you
1: well no but it makes sense and going back to like he has to make that well for i'm a good point you make because i always thought like I, he's he's holding guns and stuff but i've always said like as he can't be like the main leader like he's gonna have to like i either he disappears i don't know what's going to happen once if everything goes good assuming everything goes good and there's elections i don't know what it would be but he wouldn't be able to be that figure and just hold be holding guns because we still don't know where he gets them yeah. however maybe it not be for my intentions and making that distinction too i think it's important because even and this is a different thing but even when um, um the invasion of iraq back in 2000 i think 2003 or 2001 i can't remember like, i
2: believe uh 03
1: Oh three, okay
2: because i went in 05 so yeah oh okay yeah. Were
1: there no five yeah. okay yeah okay for like to visit
2: no i was in the army for six oh. years yeah yeah oh but, yeah so that, yeah okay. i was a, i'm a veteran sometimes i don't know i don't always bring oh. it up but yeah
1: okay well well geez that's nice honestly like how was that honestly like they were you there for like how long were you there for
2: oh like a little bit under a year. Um. Okay. I guess let me see i don't know like how much i want to talk about like no yeah um, you don't stuff. have to get into it. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah but what i would say is um like i went there i was there um during the time they had like iraq's first elections um okay. so and then i didn't have like a, a daily grind type gig so i did like personal security detail for sergeant yeah Michael. yeah so basically like our job was to keep one guy alive and he went around and organized like these different companies and what they're supposed oh be doing okay mission. yeah also okay, yeah.
1: Nice. yeah no it's interesting it's interesting yeah. But back to that, what I want to say is, even at the time, um, this is documented well. But um, when they were when, when they went to Iraq, and then now they were combating terrorists there, um, a lot that distinction w- wasn't made as well because there's some of them that were actual ter- uh, like terrorists, but a lot of them, what happened, they were either from the Iraqi former Iraqi former e- Iraqi army members and former po- um, uh, police members. That had once the United States came in, blew up wherever they had to done the damage. They fought. They became like their home mercenaries, but kind of to protect their surrounding neighborhoods. But what happened on the mainstream media? They would also get grouped into that terrorist group because if from their perspective, they're like, well, the Americans are the co- same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and but really, and, and, they're like, go ahead.
2: No, and that's why I was saying, like, he can't like stay being a gang for uh, you know forever. So exactly. like, um, you know, he's going to. I mean, if what he's doing, like, it may be the necessary evil, right? So a lot of times, like, you know, it's very easy to say, like, I should do A, B, C, but that might be necessary for this moment, but he should be um, trying to figure out a way to align himself with some kind of either the police force or, um, you know, with someone, or at least if there's like a mayor for his um, location to say, hey, like, you know, like, I'm talking to this guy, we meet once a week, and he's going to have to submit to some higher authority if he wants to continue, because it may be necessary, because if a lot of police officers have left... And he's the only one that's willing to say, "Hey, I'm going to put my life on the line to make sure like things are, are good here." So he may be necessary for this moment, but you know it can't. Like waking up every day repeating the same thing is ridiculous. So yep. he needs to start doing something where he's like, "How do we get this more legitimized?" where, okay, maybe we're not, like, the police, but we're, like, the National Guard of this area. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Kyle? Like, each, each state in America has a National Guard, so that he would be, like, we're the National Guard for this area or the militia for this area, where now someone's, like, okay, well, these guys, these are the members. We have all their fingerprints. We have their faces. We have, they have IDs. These guys are legitimate. Everyone else is not. So, you know, even if those, like, we have volunteer firefighters in the states, you know, like, things like, mm-hmm. like that. So he can be a a volunteer still doing what he's doing, but he needs to find a way to align it like you, you need government for structure. Right. I mean, I know the government has been corrupt. Yeah. He, he Th- can't, you know, like we can't just have every neighborhood having like their own little. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly,
1: you, you made a good point. My only thing is that the, I just find for him, if you were to, you said a line with a, um, a government like mayor or something, yeah. Yeah, some, some
2: official that has legitimate, like
1: good intentions. With,
2: yeah. Not even good intentions. They have to have like a legitimate position in government. You know, like if I were to go do what he's doing right now in the States, like I'd get arrested. Yeah. 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 No, honestly. What are you doing? I'm just walking around here with my gun, like it's cool. Don't worry about (laughs) it. I got you. Like no one's gonna no one's gonna buy that, right? So but obviously the level of Advanced society that we have in the states is not what's going on in Haiti, so it's probably okay for that moment. Yeah. But ultimately, like it's like, are we going to live forever in this moment, or we're going to be working towards something? So he needs to start working towards something where it's like, okay, this is legitimized. If there's funds in the future, maybe I'll get a check, and then that's how he'll be able to. Like until he does something in those in that regard, he's mm-hmm. always open to be paint to being painted, painted. as a bad guy.
1: I I agree with all you said. My only thing is for him. I think I don't know what his strategy is, but if he's going to want to align. Like, he needs to align if you, uh, with a mayor or a politician. Yeah. Like, if that bad. Like, he'd have to find someone that has no ties to type um, corruption. And I think he, that corruption runs from, like, the pr- president, prime minister, down to even, like, the mayor level. So I'd find it difficult for him to try and align with someone, unless this person has, like I said, like, just no non-interest in corruption, has good intentions, and wants to move forward. Other than if not, then he's really... To me as of now he's stuck in the situation where he's kind of just like a a figure for the for the for the cause of the revolution trying to fight against gang and for a better haiti um but yeah that's my only thing like i don't know how it'd be difficult for him to align he'd have to find a politician that has no no intention of doing that because even the politicians in haiti are painting him as a as a illegitimate, um, well, a, an actual gang member rather than <clears throat> maybe let's say a revolutionary figure. And then again, <clears throat> you could that could lead back to a lot of them do have um, business interest, political interest in the country as well.
2: Well, like I said, the only way that um, he's going to be able to clear the record or get everybody on the same page is if the community starts voluntarily saying like, hey, this is what he's doing, this is what's going on, whatever. And then there'll be another narrative that people can look at and then I guess, after that, we'll be able to make like our own decisions. Yeah. So, right now, we have like the mainstream media mar- narrative. We have what he's saying that he's doing. But what I would like to see is like the actual end results. So, if we yeah. start measuring the results, so, okay, great. You're watching over this neighborhood. Like, is it improving? Like, what's changing here? You know, so like, if there's not anything that he can point to to be like, hey, I did this, this is the result of my action, then maybe he's just full of hot air that, you know, so like, yeah. So, you know, I'm not making a decision on him or having yeah, yeah, him I know. Him one way or the other yeah and i'm not advocating for i, I know they call him barbecue i'm not advocating yeah. for barbecue <laughs> yeah. but um I'm just, I'm just saying like you know if you know like if he can't and maybe he just doesn't know like to do these things for him, right so yeah, like, yeah you know so someone knows barbecue show him this clip and then maybe yeah. <laughs> we could talk to him and then we could talk about what he's doing forward but it's gonna take you know any solution moving forward in Haiti is going to take a collective mindset. So unless we get like a good percentage, 20, 25, 30% of the people all on the same page, moving towards the same agenda, like it's just going to be chaos. And, you know, so, you know, we need, and that's why I want to, I reached out to you actually to do something. So I want everybody to know that because what I'm hoping that these conversations, if we have more in the future are going to do is getting people on the same wavelength, the, the same mentality. And then now we could put our efforts collectively together one way or the other. And that way, like when people are thinking the same and then we're supporting one specific action, then we'll start to see progress. But if we go and let's say, you know, let's say we're home together and, you know, our our parents left us just $50 and you're like, I want to eat. You want to go to the movies. We might spend the whole time just arguing about that. But if we have, you know, but if we have like the same objective, then that capital is deployed in a, you know, in a... In a constructive manner.
1: Yeah, yeah. More efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no. That makes sense. And I
2: I also think that would help stem out some of the corruptions, right? So, like, I did a video once where I said, Uh hey, like, Haitian people, like, stop asking for intangibles. Because every time someone's running for president, we need jobs. We need Mm, school. We need education, right? Well, how do you measure that? So Then yeah. I was like, Hey, you need to start saying, like, hey, we need five schools built, we need you know, like a numerical th- mm-hmm. something that when someone commits to that at the end of their term or somewhere through their term, you can say, Hey, this is what you promised you're going to do. So, these are the, the, the ways that I am hoping that we can influence people to start thinking about things. So, when demands are being made or whatever, then we can say, Hey, this is what was said, this is the accountability we want, and if we could put a time frame on that, man, yeah, nice, yeah,
1: the amount of like. Like, and that's another thing, but the amount there's a bunch of there's always whether it was like Aristide, there's always been a president that's come in, come out, and projects just get never like get fully finished. Um Jovenel, this is a different situation, but Jovenel Moïse had like a few bridges he was building in um Jérémy, and I think somewhere up north, but, but obviously this was assassination. But even before he passed away, that project was very was stalled for almost two years. So I know what you mean. I'm
2: not funny. You know, I don't know if we want to get into, like, solutions for Haiti because I could be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, um, like, I mean, those projects are probably necessary because the infrastructure yeah. is very lacking. But I, I would argue, and I just want to share this that way, any Haitian that hears this uh, moving forward in the future,
0: mm-hmm.
2: is that the first thing that needs to happen is to be thinking in things in terms of industry. Because okay. everybody always wants to say education first, right? So let's Daniel snap, boom, right? Everybody in Haiti can read and write, can read at, like, an eighth grade level. Um, They can use a computer. What are they doing right now? Yeah. There's no no industry. There's no industry there, yeah. Yeah. So whether we're going to be, like, tourism-based, then we have to protect the coastline, make it clean, move move more of the population inland. So this Mm -hmm. is, like, having something that's, like, a concrete idea of improving something. Or if it's going to be, hey, we're going to grow food and export to, like, Turks and Caicos and all these other countries that – because, like, I don't know if you know, like, Turks and Caicos – Anguilla, St. Martin, these countries in the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. a lot of them are like rocks. They don't grow food. So let's say, Mm -hmm. hey, let's go out there and say, hey, we want to work some agreements. We're going to be like your plantain provider. We'll be your carrot provider. We'll be whatever because Haiti has the advantage of being able to grow food. So, um, you know, when there's a leader that comes in and they're thinking in these terms, I think then you're going to see like some advancement
1: some advancement yeah and that makes sense and even like like um what you're saying about there's no industry yeah and the people that are educated in the country they'll find better opportunity outside and they'll yeah. if it's not dr they'll go to obviously st- the biggest aspers are u.s canada france and that in that sense so definitely the u.s you'll find a job there and be able to do whatever well, especially in tech
2: well so you know this is probably part of the corruption and it's uh-huh. gonna like i said like i think the members of the, the general population of haiti they don't realize like how important they are like each individual one like every person right like a country's built of people <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> and then what happens is someone comes in and they monopolize rice and everybody yeah. just ac- and everybody accepts it and like in your video where the gentleman said he said if you're looking for imperialism look at your plate it's in the rice yeah. That's really you know and i was like yeah, well, like, <laughs> you know, totally. like yeah so it's right there so when they start making and everything you know, that you do in life is going to require sacrifice. It's going to be a little bit of pain, but when you start making that decision to say, Hey, I'm going to eat more homegrown food and we're not going to pay any attention to this, this imported stuff. Yeah. Then that's how you're going to like break down these monopolies. And then when these guys no longer have the stranglehold they have, they can't influence um, politicians as much. So, you know, I I think Haiti is like a prime is like the best place ever. Right. Like it's in prime position. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. It's virgin. There's nothing there, right? Like you literally can do whatever you want. So if you look at somewhere like Israel, Israel, mm-hmm. when someone when they're, they they, I th- I think it's like 25. If you're under 25, like they'll sponsor okay. you as a Jewish person a ticket to come and visit. So they're so enticing. It,
1: sorry, if you're a Jew, like outside the country.
2: Yeah. So if I'm an okay. American Jew. Uh-huh. And I'm under 25, like they'll sponsor you. I think it's 25, oh. 20. I don't remember the uh-huh. age. But they'll sponsor you to come visit, right? Okay. It's great. Okay. So now let's say you, you decide you're going to come over there, you're either you're going to start a business or whatever. They give like two or three years where you have tax free to import all your goods. Oh, so you see what okay. I'm saying? So like they yeah. they create policy so that way their smart people, their their brains out in the world can come and serve. And, you know Israel and bring money into. It so, makes sense. Yeah, so like if you know, like I, I did a video. I, I, I have some videos. I, I'm yeah, please, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> so I'll put them. I, up,
1: I'll put that down to the other video so people can go watch them. I,
2: I, I did one where I was talking about trying to, um, cultivate like a retirement industry in Haiti, where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you're 90 minutes from Florida. Anytime somebody needs to go and see a doctor. They can go over there. So, like, yeah. you know, create places for them to live and they're chilled. Their cost of living is low. They're eating well. They're outside every day. They're, you know, so like that's one thing. Then when we see the rise in um, what are the people? The nomad, the working nomads. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. Then we have a lot of people who are doing the year of return, a lot of black people who are moving to Ghana for the year of return. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of these people, if they wanted to leave the States, would probably go somewhere that's 90 minutes away. So when you want to come back, it's not so hard versus yeah. whatever. So there's like a way to cater to have a lot of people come in. But if there's not like a leader with, you know, a mindset of like, oh, what industries are we going to be focusing on? These projects will never develop.
1: No, that's true. And you can even see the disparity. not to say that the other country is perfect, but you can see the disparity between just um, the DR yeah. and Haiti, where most of our history, we've been economically um, superior than um, Dominican Republic up until um, early 2000s, really. Yeah, and, and they, they started a,
2: focusing on like their tourism aspect exactly. and they bring new money in every day.
1: Exactly. So. No, that's what it is. Um, so, and, but they've got a the difference from us. Like they had lead. Well, they didn't suffer a coup d'etat back in 2000, uh, I guess, 2004 and uh, 94, I guess, but their leaders though, they had strong, they always had strong leadership. And even the guy like um, Lou Abinadel now, although I don't agree with most of his, his policies, um he's really taken a focus on keeping the country clean and putting a focus on tourism, trying to bring investments um into the country mm-hmm. as well like
2: well, you know speaking of that, that's another thing you know, like for my going to Haiti that always angers me. Uh-huh. a lot of American entrepreneurs or the diaspora like like people like me like first generation Americans, yeah, when they think about doing a business in haiti and i'm I'm gonna make it like as simple as possible so yeah. yeah. They go to Haiti, they create a business to take money from people that are in Haiti. And I mm, think that's yeah. the wrong way to look at doing a business. The business should be, I'm going to go to Haiti, I'm going to create a business that brings new money in, and then that way my money source is coming from new money. And then when you're reinvesting and either growing or doing something different, then you're adding, um, the, the, the country gets to advance. So yeah. it's just like just like a slight mindset shift as to how you want to make your business run. But like when you do something that's like, I'm going to extract funds from already, because all that's happening is now people yeah. who are sending remittances you know, like someone in America sending somebody $20 and then you're taking it and then you bring it right back to America to, you know, buy what? Like Jordans or something. Yeah, I know, I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> and, and this is like, a, it's, and I'm not saying it's their fault. I don't know if they're aware yeah, yeah. of of thinking about things that way. And, you know, like, this is kind of like the problem with everybody trying to be like an entrepreneur is like, well, you know, like, do you want to make the source of your business like extracting from like,
1: the yeah poorest,
2: you know? like, so I know what just, you mean. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, you know, these are the kind of things that I I kind of think about sometimes. I'm looking at what's going on. I'm like, so you
1: would say, like, if you set up a business, try to get it clear. You'd be in like, in in terms of that mindset, would be okay. Well, I'm gonna set up a business, and then whatever profits I make, reinvest it to into the country and do other things, just try to get clear, get that clear.
2: All right, so I can give you like some ideas. So, for example, like uh, in Jackman, they have um, Basemble right? It's like a beautiful waterfalls. I don't know if you've ever seen them. If not, I can send you some pictures. Yeah, please. It's very beautiful. So like what I would think would be great, like I used to say, I I wanted to be like the Motel 6 of Haiti. Um, But but if you make, if you make very inexpensive accommodations, because people are coming to experience the Springs, right? Yeah. So they experience the Springs, whatever they stay with you, then they, whatever. So first you made the accommodations, but they had to find their way there. You get a little bit of money. Now you have a a bus to go pick them up from the airport. So now you have a guy Mm. driving a bus who's making a a, a buck while Mm. driving the bus. Now, because it's easier and people are telling other people like, "Hey, you got to come experience this," whatever, then more people are coming to your town. Okay, great. So now that they're here, there's two or three new restaurants that are being. You don't have to. One person doesn't have to do it all. I I think like you know, like and one of the analogies I use because I have like a little series I've been working on. Mm -hmm. It's like pushing a car. You know, like in the beginning is so challenging, but once the car starts rolling. You know, it's a fraction of the energy that you started yeah. with. So, like, when you have, you know, this simple thing, and then now instead of taking your money and then just whatever, like, keep your thing looking nice. And it's like, okay, well, what, what else can I offer these people that come here? You know what I'm saying? So maybe somebody had an idea they wanted to do, like, four-wheelers. And you're like, okay, let me be a partner in that, right? So, like, you're growing yourself economically. And then that person gets to, you know, realize something that they're trying to do as well. So, okay. I mean, it, 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 you know, like, we don't, unless when you're young, I think you have like an unlimited amount, right? Like I'm going to be 40 next year. Yeah. So like now, like I have a number that I need to hit that sustains my life and, you know, ensures that, okay, I'm saving for retirement, et cetera, whatever. So like, once I have that, I don't care about like the latest car, the latest sneakers, whatever. So I think like yeah. once, you, once you get out of that mindset, you know, that then you're like, okay, well, what can I create just for creation's sake? You know what I'm saying? So like, it, it, so I, I think like, this is what needs to happen. And <laughs> I got this joke.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. So, I say Haiti can be fixed overnight. And I said, the reason Haiti can be fixed overnight, because it's all about women. Okay. All right. Everything men do from the history of time. women. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly,
1: yeah. (laughs)
2: But the problem is you have women in poverty wanting red bottoms. So if these Mm. women said, hey, I need you to contribute meaningfully to the society every man out there would be trying to create some kind of project yeah. <laughs> at the end of the no day, questions asked yeah. okay because at the end of the day we're still trying to get the same thing so yeah. now that now that you don't care about my car you care about my contribution then I'm going to put all my focus and energy into contribution okay. and I would venture to say that the side pieces have more pull than the wise yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so you know like if, if we can like and you know I'm always saying like hey like if you just if we could just get people to start changing the way they look at things like it'll yeah. really start start you know like because imagine somebody becomes a senator right what's the first thing he does he buys a car right yeah. i don't i don't know where he gets the money from but he buys a car he buys a house he buys his girlfriend a car right yeah. and he builds her a house like that's what he's doing but if she wanted something different he would have did whatever else was different so if women were locking it up and like <laughs> you know. yo if you're corrupt but if you're corrupt yeah you're not getting any of this people corruption would stop
1: honestly so, yeah. i mean <laughs> <laughs> that would that there would definitely be a shift because even I, I, I,
2: I mean maybe they go like to the dr and get some like you know some yeah, like yeah dominicans or something like that <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. far and wide like over time like people would be like oh like if i want to have like a decent woman just like the guy in his you know like the corrupt police guy would stop you know like everybody would be like oh like my mindset and if if you notice once a few people start doing things and it catches this wildfire like everybody just kind of buys in so True. it really just doesn't take it doesn't take a lot like
1: no, that's true, and that's true, and honestly, yeah, like you said that because a lot of them will be like they get elected, and they actually do buy. Well, in the case of Haitian politicians, most of them they'll move outside the country and buy a house. Like, and then I've seen it in the past. where Pierre Espérance posted his his beautiful house, or um, there was a an an article. It a, a senator, Renée Calestine, who had bought a three point four million dollar house in Laval, Quebec, not far. It's like half an hour from Montreal, not even, and it's like man, you could have done, like, you could have done so much with that money, Wh- wherever you got that money in the first place, but you could have done so much uh, more, because regardless of, I don't know how much they get paid, but it's not, I don't think they're paying you millions to be be a Haitian politician.
2: Yeah, so uh, they're, they're stealing it from somewhere, and this is yeah. the end result of that, and, you know, and even if it's not just women, also us, and I, this is a problem we're having in America, maybe even globally. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, you know, like, if somebody was a drug dealer, like, yeah. no matter how much money they had, like, your, your family like, oh, don't talk to this guy. This is guy's yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah. He's trash. He's whatever. Yeah. Now we live in a society, like, people are straight up like, oh, I, I need a man that's a scammer. Like, you know, like, is, yeah. is the this, is this, is this, this society is like, it doesn't matter what you do, it's what do you have? What do you and have? And so if we're only looking at people because they got the bag, then who's going to ostracize them for stealing it from, you know, like, the nation? Exactly. So I, I think, like, these are problems that I, I see as we're moving forward. Um. It's just gonna have to be like a conscious decision about like what type of person you want to be as a person, like each person, to say yeah. like, well, if this guy is like a thief, I don't want to have a friend that's a thief. And then, you know, we have to bring back a little bit of like shame. To yeah, but and, and, and that's and that's what happened. Like people will steal the money, and they'll you'll know they're corrupt, or you'll sense it, right? And they're just walking around. And everybody's still like, hey, what's going yeah. on? Flap on, mix it yeah. like, up. <laughs> and you know, if we're not shaming that person, you know, like why should they stop? Like. Hey, well, they get, they get the money, and they're still a big person in society.
1: Yeah, no consequences. Like literally, yeah. if I was an if I'm not that person, but yeah, like I'm putting myself in that position, I would not stop. If 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 yeah. I felt no consequences and yeah. I can just steal whatever,
2: like yeah. you getting more women, you got more. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no consequences.
2: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So you know, it's gonna, and that's why I, I keep telling like every person that's watching this, like if you're Haitian in Haiti or whatever, like you're important because. When you interact with someone you know that's not doing the right thing, you're validating that person. They're feeling justified in their actions, right? Like you're praising yeah. them for their crap. Like, oh, look at the car. Look at the shoes. Look at whatever. Yeah. But if you're like a regular person, like I don't care what you did. I know you did it the wrong way, and you're just like, man, forget this guy. That person is going to start questioning themselves, and then less people you – know, it's going to have like this effect. So like if we really want to stop like this corruption and all, all those types of things is we have to basically make it a scarlet letter. Like everywhere mm-hmm. you go. You know, like um, what is that guy? Wine Guido, everywhere he went. Yeah, yeah. In Venezuela, people yeah. are, like throwing shoes at him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like this is what needs to happen.
1: Honestly, yeah. Oh yeah, they were no, they were shunning him at the end.
2: Yeah. There. So but, that that's yeah. what needs to happen. And now he's coming to Miami, flying coach on spirit. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. <laughs> so, so like this is the type of stuff that, you know, like Haitians need to stop doing, and Cisponfett got there yeah for these guys because you know like they're robbing you and you're celebrating him for it so it's i know ridiculous.
1: yeah it's a, that's that, that's the most telling part for me because i like i don't think any country like is perfect some are worse off than the others but like even um i, I can say in canada u.s if somebody like if there's some sort of news or there's a room where someone's corrupt like it's people are not with them. like the public opinion against that person yeah. is most times it's negative but i find like countries like um haiti and even because i've um uh, talking to some of my nigerian friends which there's corruption corruption there as well yeah. seems like people know what's going on people know who's who there's corrupt but nobody holds them yeah. like like you said holds them accountable and then they just keep continuing doing the same thing right
2: well I, and you know like i don't want to get like philosophical but i really yeah. think it's because um, too many of us are concerned with like the outward and not really the inward so if people were more like you know securing themselves and like hey i'm i'm a human like every person is a human right like these things are trappings and matter of fact they're trappings of this guy's wrong deed um then you'll have the power to be like i don't care like i don't want that Mm -hmm. like you know like whatever but if your whole life you're like well i can't wait till i get you know i remember i watched a documentary about uh the democratic republic of congo Mm -hmm. um the the mining that was going on there oh yeah, yeah and okay so this guy was living in like the smallest little hut like makeshift hut and he had like a poster of Rick Ross and like a Rolls Royce oh. or something. And I thought to myself And he's like one day I want to have a car like this. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm like, You're never gonna go anywhere because if you can't do anything to address like your immediate needs and this is already your aspiration, I'm not saying not to have a dream. Really, yeah, like, yeah,
1: I know what you mean. But, but
2: but I'm saying like someone like you finally get the chance to tell the world something and they're pimping you in this mind, and what you yeah. wanna tell them is you're gonna have it's a car funny. like Rick Ross. <laughs> like this is this is this is part of the problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with that, honestly. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So um, next, I want to bring up was the we thought about it earlier, but the shift to a multi world. Obviously, BRICS is more of a it's been around since um early 2000s, but now in terms there's more, there's uh 50 plus countries applying to join BRICS, yeah. Um, and now and what do you think in terms of um the shift? Because we had a lot, at least from I'm I'm born in '97, so when I like, I don't know for you um like when i grew up it's always it's always been the u.s has been the superpower with its allies with um nato um although i know um countries like um china economically weren't doing good back in the 40s 50s 60s they've really grown they've had the um i believe yeah it was the biggest growth in like a 25 period um year period in terms of economics no country's ever done that um except for china um so now, leading back to Haiti, knowing how we've been not by uh, our choice, I guess, but we've mostly been aligned with the West and its its policies as well. Um, what do you think with this uh, multipolar world in terms of um, for Haiti? Like, Do you think it's something that can, in terms of, um, is it realistic that they would essentially uh, be aligned with those BRICS countries, or do you think that um, we'd still be in the str- stranglehold of NATO slash the U.S.?
2: essentially so so I know it, there's so much there yeah I don't even know where to start all right so like the, the Chinese like they expanded uh, a lot and they're doing it in a, like in a very like Intellectually superior manner. Instead of going yeah. somewhere and putting the thumb on someone, they're investing in them and be like, okay, now you're indebted to us, right? Yeah. So that's just like the best way to do it because at least the person that you're indebted, they're having something to show instead of everything they have being demolished. So I think you know, like, I don't know, even know in my lifetime or maybe like when I'm in my 60s or something, mm-hmm. maybe then um, this bricks movement has. Actually, I can never say never, but the dollar is so dominant that I don't see it something that I'm like worried about in like the next 10 years as far as the okay. like BRICS, right? Okay. Um, so I, I as far as them coming to Haiti, I, I think what the U.S. is probably going to rely on is like the Monroe Doctrine, where they're like, ah, no new colonizations in the Americas, whatever. And they're just going to interpret the BRICS movement as trying to colonize, you know, because that's that how they, they would just interpret that, yeah. right? That relationship. So they might be able to like, to keep that away. Um, but let's just say there, was, there wasn't even that um, restriction. I think um, the people who end up, you know, unless the mindset really changes, everybody who ends up being put in power, you know, they're always going to be more worried about their own material comfort. And basically being a puppet for the U.S. will always allow them to do that. Like to think that Haiti will vote with America to maintain sanctions on like Cuba and Venezuela, it shows you the lack of character that these leaders have. Because if anyone knows the history, like whenever Haiti has something wrong, Cuba will dispatch doctors. Mm-hmm. When um, Venezuela gave Haiti tons of oil.
1: Yeah. Out, on, know, cheap you, oil. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like on consignment. And then yeah. they didn't have the money and that started a whole picture of cayenne. So these countries have always been supporting you whenever you have um, some kind of tragedy. Yeah. And then you can't stand up and say, hey, I mean, there's no consequences for saying lift the sanctions. There's, there's no, no consequences. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. You yeah. know? Or maybe not anyone that, you know, like that, that's a different game right so maybe we're not yeah. aware of what the consequences would be yeah but so we, we don't know but um so i don't think that's something that's going to be very likely i think what haiti might have a better chance of doing and at the end of the day it, it's going to be up to the people right so like how Naibi did um making bitcoin like official currency mm. i think moving something like that might be uh, more beneficial yeah um, personally i think you know bitcoin is still too slow And there's other mediums, like, uh, like, you know, I don't want to like name drop like other cryptocurrencies or whatever, you know, but I think Bitcoin is still too slow for like day-to-day transaction. Okay. But I I, I think like as starting to make something like that, like part of, um, like part of their treasury or something or whatever. Like a global reserve. Yeah. Their own reserve. Reserve. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be very beneficial. And to be honest, um, the most crippling thing, in my opinion, that's keeping Haiti from advancing is the love affair with the dollar.
1: The U.S. dollar.
2: So, yeah. The U.S. dollar. Yeah. So basically, you have like this two-tiered economy. But then the people that are in the in the bottom—it's not even bottom half. It's like what bottom ninety percent. Yeah. They're always trying to strive to be in that top ten econ- t- top ten percent economy. And I think that stifens growth, right? So when someone could have done something, but because you're paying them in goods and not dollars, you are like, "Well, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it," and then therefore nothing happens, right? So like yeah. you're still the person who needed something done still doesn't have it done, and the person who didn't have they didn't want to take the goods, still doesn't have any money. So therefore, there's no, like, you know, because that's all the economy is, right? It's us doing things.
1: Yes, <laughs> but if, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> Literally. Yeah, like, like, that's what it is. Yeah. So, like, if they're not out there, um, you know, like, but if there's always this love affair um, with the dollar, it's going to be very hard for them to get things going. So, you know, like China, like, of course, they were able to improve their their country or whatever, but they kept the the one pegged to the dollar, like, forever. And therefore, they didn't have like this love affair, but if you have this position, like the thing you want is always devaluing your currency, like you're never gonna make progress because everyone else in the island is not getting paid in the dollar that you the want dollar. yeah, so yeah, so like um, if they you know like it's gonna take a like there's gonna be some pain, like it's not gonna be you know painless,
1: yeah, but it's like
2: what are you gonna do like you know in my lifetime, Haiti hasn't had electricity for twenty four hours a day, right, like I went as a kid in nineteen ninety something in ninety eight uh-huh. I went in 2000. Then I went back in like 2020 and you're still, you know, it's you don't still have, like random
1: blackouts here it, and there. It, it, yeah,
2: yeah. Exactly. So if you don't have like an inverter at your house and you lose, you know, mm, I mean, okay. it, it's much, it's much better, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and it was, but I'm just saying like in the time of like solar powers, wind energy and all this stuff, and none of these changes are happening. Like, you know, this is what's happening when you're refusing to, to say, Hey, like, we're going to, you know, the, the most dangerous thing and the thing that I think um, the Western powers, may not want is a country that says hey we're going to be sovereign like we're going to try Mm -hmm. to figure all our stuff but you know i was talking to my wife like i don't know yesterday or something i said you know like you have to keep an eye on the new world but have old principles so they have what do you mean by that yeah go ahead sorry so like you know like if you keep an eye on the new world there's all this technological like you know literally we can have a decentralized power grid with tesla walls or other Mm -hmm. inverters or whatever right so like that's that technology is available right now yeah but then the old principles is we must own it, right? So it shouldn't be something where you're like, oh, we're going to let a new like Digicel come in,
1: monopolize this
2: space and then block everybody else from coming in. So, you know, like this is where the government would legislate and say, hey, like we're not going to let anybody have a monopoly. We're not going to say only this company, whatever. So if you want to come tomorrow and start a company and you're doing your business better, then your company can take off and then whatever. And then the people who are buying your product, they actually own it. But if they create a situation where you're like leasing it to them, then they're always beholden to you. So this is, you know, this is, um, you know, like, so they, we're going to have to look a little bit at like old principles, you know, but also look at all the tools that are available in this modern time. Like you're in Canada, I'm in Fort Myers. I've never yeah, met you true. in my life. And here we are like having this conversation. Oh, that's you know, true. So, yeah. So like, there's so much available and, you know, you look at like Haitians love affair with French, right? Yeah. It, it's a waste of time. it's a complete waste of time and then you look at other countries like India and even some parts in south america that focused on learning english and now they're all the call centers for the companies here in america mm. and they able to bring money into their country indians are building websites for us here because they've invested their knowledge into what's going on in the global economy and not spending their time their time trying to be fancy
1: we're yeah like, you know, <laughs> so, like,
2: so like if i were haitians i would look at the world's gdp and obviously i speak english maybe yeah. spanish and chinese I would focus my energy on that and be like, how can I service these economies? And then that way I can bring money to, you know, like this is, this yeah. is the process that needs to be going on when you're looking at some country like France, which is minuscule. It's like a third world country. And yeah. you know, you know, like people yeah, are, literally, literally, yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, you think like your upper echelon thinks speaking that language is like, what's beneficial it, to who. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it, it's really going to take, and, and, and I think, you know, like people like me, you, like the diaspora, like, you know, because we are, have access to so many different cultures and been around, yeah. like they have a better footing of what's what. I think um, if we can influence the people that are there to kind of adopt some of this, I think that's what's going to start causing the change.
1: Okay. Yeah. Honestly, no, you made good points um, um, on that. And back to what you um, you were talking about the Monroe Doctrine and like um, the shift with Haiti and maybe the the BRICS countries. A lot of them, I know, um, and. Kim Ives and um, Travis Ross had already written about this on IT Liberté and um, Canadian Haiti Info Project, but essentially, like the U.S. has this thing called the Global Fragility Act. Okay. Uh, but essentially, like I'll, I can share you the link, but actually, maybe I'll be able to. I will pull it up here quickly. But um, it's essentially they said Haiti would be part of it, one of the countries first in it. And what Travis and Kim Ives are alluding to is that it's just another way to kind of keep them in the realm of the in under the realm and the influence of the US, but presenting it in kind of a um, different way. Let me pull it up here. Global Fragility Act, uh, PDF. Yeah, basically it's and I, I'll read it. It's like to enhance to enhance sta- uh, the stabilization of conflict affected areas and prevent violence and fragility globally and and for the other purposes that's basically that's what the bill is like on the
2: and how are they going to how are they going to enhance it like what's their
1: they don't they don't really so much so
2: it's like a nothing burger it's kind uh, of a
1: nothing burger but it's essentially saying it's kind of to like um protect the surrounding country so like if it were dr haiti um i don't know uh jamaica and uh, cuba for example for uh for example they'd be all under that that realm and the u.s would kind of
2: so let me ask let me ask you this. Yeah. They're not there now. Who's come to invade those countries? Nobody. So they're creating an act to give them more authority on these countries when there's not even a threat. Basically. Okay. Yeah, so like- <laughs> <So> like-
1: <laughs> yet what's funny too, they're like, if you could look back, like they're with that country that's presenting this act is a threat to a lot of these countries yeah, so, yeah. So it's like
2: <laughs> it's mafia stuff it's yeah. like hey, you need protection from who from us you yeah. know? So, <laughs> exactly. like, so um i don't know like um I, I, you know obviously like the populist doesn't have a lot of say in what goes on on like the po- mm-hmm. geopolitical st- I, I, you know let me not say that they haven't realized the power that they have through civil disobedience right to have an effect on their government interacting with other governments so like when people start realizing that and then people need to really like just us having this conversation i think will give people the concept like to be like hey like who's who's coming to bother us no one came to bother us why do you need to protect us oh you're gonna have this right to you know and then people say like well we don't want this and intuitively like for example haitians never grew monsanto foods like they burned the seeds they were like you know so like intuitively they know you know i just think they don't know like what to do about it and if they want some suggestions (laughs) maybe (laughs) because i remember i was like man if i was going to create instability like i would just put like a thousand people on the on the airport like no one can land yeah no no, no one can land like how many days like oh we're gonna take shifts like you're here today i'm here because i don't know if you know like haiti doesn't have any nighttime flights so i did not know that yeah so there's no everybody flies during the day there's no nighttime flights um so like no one would be able to land at night so you just have to do day shifts right so no okay. one would be able to land they would have to suspend that so that's gonna really you know yeah. upset um whoever's there and then if you look at um have you ever been have you been to Haiti or
1: nah I want no? to one okay. under, yeah
2: all right so like um if you I guess there's no point in naming cities right but basically like, I know a few cities okay so like yeah. if you go to like Pitchonville, right yeah I know and, yeah. all right and you need to go to like Kenskoff like yeah. there's, there's like two roads right like so I would just block those two roads so that the people up there can't come. Because that's where all the people with a little bit of money live, the people that are shot callers. So then they can't go down. No one can come up. You know, like these types of things day after day after day and just annoy the crap out of um, the bourgeoisie, so to speak. So I think because there's a lack of that kind of coordination, there's a lack of that organization. That's why they they have more than enough power to enact change. There's just – it's not organized
1: oh definitely i agree with like i agree with you even with our um and i don't want to butcher this number but we were one of the most self-sustaining countries in the world just like in the 1990s 2000s like meaning a lot most of our food came from wasn't was from homegrown um it's a superpower
2: it's a superpower and they're gonna tell you this bill gates guy running around Mm -hmm. buying all the farmland in america
1: yeah so you know, like, exactly. so
2: like it, it's it's a superpower, and that's why I don't think you know that little island. And I think Trump gave up the game the other day because he post He said something. I don't know if it was the other day, but it was a clip that I I came across the other day where he's mm-hmm. like, "It's a nice piece of land. Somebody's going to come up and buy it, right?" Yeah. And I, and I was like, "Oh, this is what's really going on," and the water there is clear, is clean. So like is so like um. I have bought a zero filter. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those before. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the zero filter comes with, like, this little stick. So now you spend uh-huh. like, your first five days with it, like, measuring how many particles, parts per millions and all your water. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, the water that I was getting from the well in Haiti was cleaner than the water I have here in Fort Myers. So Whoa. you have that. You have land. You have beaches. Like, it's – and most of it is underdeveloped. Like, I got to a chance to fly um, over Haiti um, uh-huh. in 2015. It's completely just empty land, right? So it's empty like a, a, a it's like a, a clean slate. You could go there and reindustrialize it, right? Yeah. So like I'm looking at it with all this this um, lack of stability, is like, man, maybe this is just like a land grab. Um, so if Haitians don't realize like how valuable like what they have is, you know, someone else is just gonna take it from them for pennies on the dollar. The same way the Native Americans kind of gave America up for mm-hmm. like blankets, you know. So yeah, no, it's, yeah.
1: basically, and. Well, even Canadian, oh, the native Canadian and the uh, indigenous in Canada too. But um you made a good point. Sorry, the in terms of develop, um, the development lost my chain of thought here. Cause you had said um oh sorry, in terms of the land like the the land grab, um even like as, even a lot of, the more people leaving, leaving too. Like for example, um show you was showing a map and like Maxis like 10 years ago was not the same as it looks like. Today, for example, like it's just completely, um, when there were like be roads, it was blocked by gangs. And okay. some, and some of those places where the, I guess, the less fortunate, um, where they lived, um, those houses like are burnt down. So it really is just like a empty land. Nobody lives, um, in that specific, um uh, neighborhood that was occupied by gangs. And I don't know if that you saw that. I don't know if it was the Trump clip you're referring to, but Trump had said, uh, something similar, um, uh, similar to, to that too during an interview on someone else's show but he was mentioning the um uh, immigration policy in the states and he was saying how the amount of uh, people that are coming into the u.s but he mentioned oh like and then he mentioned haiti well people are leaving um leaving haiti he said and he said at some point it's gonna look like um it's gonna be a nice piece of land like someone's gonna buy end up buying all of haiti he said that yeah exaggerating but that
2: uh, well you know if you have like good good chunks of it like it's you know you don't need it all you don't need it all yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so if you have good chunks of it like you know so it's fine so yeah so i don't know like i'm i'm hoping um like through this through what i got going on on like my channel and all that stuff um just to start getting people to kind of think about like the the best thing you could do for yourself is try to be like a sovereign person like if you have, like, you're better off owning a little house in the projects than mm-hmm. having a mortgage somewhere, right? Because then that way, you never have the option to say no. You never have the option to not go to work, to, yeah. you know? You know. So, like, if everyone starts looking at that, and the reason I focus mostly on, like, the individual, because everything starts with the collection of the individuals. So, everybody starts looking at that, like, for themselves. Then, like, when it comes to Haiti, you say, all right, like, we're, we're all Haitians. were here. We're in this neighborhood. Great. So, like, how can we work together to make this one little neighborhood better? And then, like, once that little neighborhood is better, then people will copycat. And then before you know it, you have like a functioning society, but it's going to take like all of us um, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so even if it's like, let's say all you got is like $10 a month to send to some, you know, like, or whatever, like yeah. that will over time, you know, so I don't know if I'll see it in like my lifetime or whatever case may be. Um, but which if we just change like our thought processes, and have more that, like, you know, the militant mindset from like the beginning of your videos. I know you had like a clip with them, um, obviously, from the beginning. It's like, man, like that guy was like,
1: yeah, so different, you know, yeah. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> like, like, what happened, you know, nah, you know it, you're like, know. before you know it, you're like rich and you're, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> so it's, um you know, like, but if they could, like, everybody could kind of like maintain that mindset, and then I think. Like when you see, like the, the precursors for the corruption, whatever, it's got to be stomped out early. And then that way it's going to, you know, like if people can just keep, because what happens is someone gets away with a little something, a little something. So if somebody makes it to the Senate tomorrow and the next week they got like a, a Porsche truck, then like,
1: you yeah. know, people need to
2: stop, like, mess that truck. Like, there's no reason why anybody of wealth should be able to drive in Haiti in a luxury vehicle. No, it should be rocked. It should be like, burnt, like, and 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 I'm not advocating like killing or hurting anyone or yeah, personally, yeah. whatever. But like that property, it should be like, hey, like you can't think it's okay to live here, and then this is our conditions. Yeah, you know, you driving know by on yeah. these roads with a every Porsche. day. Like, yeah. So yeah, so I, I mean, like, the, I mean, the cars I see there and the way some people are living, it's like it's crazy, and it's like, how is it? And what happens is everybody just goes behind their wall. They have a nice landscaping. They have, you know, everything's nice. And then right outside the wall, there's like trash. There's poverty. There's all this stuff. And it's like, Literally. well, these people there, they should be like, hey, guy, like you need to pay us to pick up this trash. If you don't pay yeah. us to pick up this trash, we're going to start throwing it over the wall. You know, like something <laughs> like that. And, like, yeah. So like, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to get too too much into this because I mean, like. No, so, like, no, now, like, okay, but these are good. But,
1: these are good points, though.
2: But I, I think um people need a more Marxist mindset in relation to I think to so, too. And, and I'm not saying it that, you know, like, we need, like, socialism, communism, or whatever. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. not I'm not getting into that debate. But what I'm saying is people need to realize, like, there's – you have an adversarial relationship with people who are in that top bracket if you're down here. Like, you're never friends. Yeah, you know uh, what I'm saying? like Because you're, you're, their whole job is extracting something from you. So, yeah. like, when the people start realizing these types of mindsets and say, like, hey, like, you're not going to live in this neighborhood unless – and one guy in a neighborhood, he can't sustain a whole neighborhood, but exactly. you should be able to point and be like, this is what this guy's doing for us. Okay. You, what are you doing for us? Okay. This is what this, you know, like, so like, until they start making those types of demands, cause you know, like the same people with the nice houses, with the nice cars, whatever, they're the same people that are making sure that they have a monopoly in whatever sector they're mm-hmm. in. So they're they're stopping growth. So yep. if you're going to stop growth, then you need to be responsible for us because you're not allowing us to thrive in an organic way. So that is what I think, um, that kind of mindset is what it's going to take.
1: Okay. No, actually, that's a good point because even then, and not even from you are mentioning like it takes all of us diaspora, even the the maybe I wouldn't say the the the, the wealthy, but the middle the, the the that small middle class in Haiti as well, um, in terms of like advocating and seeing, I find a lot of times, and that's just from my observation, that middle class, there's stuff going on, and they know, and they might have even families that are in that ninety percent, but really don't really engage uh, politically. Um, they don't really um, talk to their senators in terms of those type of issues. And when it comes to the voting voting's a different uh, thing, because I know the last election, there was only a 27, 28 percent um, participation, like from the whole. So it was, even the voting it wasn't like a full representation of the, yeah. the sentiment, but a lot of them don't even go to the polls um, and vote. And most times well, if they do go. It's never, and then again, that's it's your choice to vote. It's up to you. But when they do vote, it's never um, maybe uh, a leader that would that's looking for radical change. It's most times a guy that's either um, trying to keep keep um, keep things the same, or is from a or they vote by bipartisan like by their party as well. So if there's always, because if you look at the candidates, always a few people that are pushing for like radical change, but they get either two percent of the votes, really. So
2: well. I don't know, like, because right now we're speaking English, right? So, like, that's not really going to help. I don't know how we're going to get that message out. But um, the people, milk toast voting Uh has gotten them nothing. Like, I'm 40. Like, I've been going to Haiti (laughs) since since I was 10, right? So, like, I don't know how much more of the same you're going to keep doing. So, if I were them... I would lean like everybody like it's at the point, you know, like when Trump, I don't know if you ever heard the Meat Mill song where Trump's like, what do you have to lose? Your youth are unemployed, or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's where they're at right now. It's like, what do you like? What do you have to lose? Like it keeps getting worse. It keeps going down, it keeps going down. So you have to do something. And to be honest, um, anything that's gonna happen that's gonna be better is gonna come like Naibi and uh, El Salvador, he's forty-one. Yeah you know what i'm saying so like i I think people really need to open like i if you're haitian here and you have haitian haitians in haiti or whatever you guys need to start looking like this guy went a whole year with no murders this you know like he's reversing like their economy is in a positive trajectory like this guy's making a lot of changes because he's leaning into the future so if you have some guy who's talking the same nonsense like we need someone who's young and charismatic um i you know if if i had my way whoever Went into office, yeah. I, I would seize their passports. They'd have to wear ankle. Oh. You'd have to wear like ankle monitors. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like if, I, if I need you, I'm gonna come find you wherever yeah. you are. Like this is, you know, like this is like um like, I, I think the kind of pressure the populace has to exert. And definitely, people. and even like if you work at the airport and then you see this guy coming and he's shady, you need to call, him, like, yo, here's this guy, you know, like, yeah. Get him, you, know, put the, you know, like, this is what WhatsApp's for. Like, I got WhatsApp to, to share everything, you know, this guy, um, Dredged no, my guy, my guy. Oh, okay, so yeah. they got, you know, like, they're sharing every joke, every whatever, but at the same time, like, oh, here's this corrupt guy, he's in this neighborhood, I see him, let's come, let's come protest him, let's come, you know, like, make his life uncomfortable, exactly. so that way, only the people who are doing the right things can have a good um a peaceful sleep at night.
1: Yeah. So honestly that's a good honestly that's good too. And speaking of passport, that's always thought too like if you're gonna be for me I would be like if I had it my way, I'd be like you're like you're staying here, your kids stay in this country because a lot yeah. of times too they'll have your kids nothing, are getting
2: educated somewhere else. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. they're staying here, they're gonna get that same education. Like yeah. and then if you want them to get, get education then help build infrastructure, and build yeah. schools so they can have a good education here. But that's just me. Um, so the last thing I want to get to, and we're almost done. Like, and for you, um, so what? Do, I just want to get your opinion. So this news broke a little late last night, but it was a long mut. So just to give you some background. Back in February, um, Canada had put uh, sanctions on some politicians, even though like like I said, a lot of them don't even go to Canada that much. So it wasn't like very like I wouldn't say it's as effective if compared to if the US had done it or even the DR had done it. Um, but they had put sanctions on Lahalamutt for corruption. Um, there was a prosecutor a couple of years ago that had said that back when during his um his time that he had bought um he just there was an order of a bunch of ARs, a thousand assault rifles, but they didn't know where. Lohalla Mutt said it was for the Haitian national police at the time, but the records show that um well it 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 went from Israel shipped from Israel made its way to Canada and then from Canada shipped to to Haiti so people are wondering what that that route is why it was like that but fast forward to now um he had said he was suing he's prepared a case to his lawyer that he was going to sue the government of Canada because they were sanctioned without proof and now late last night we found out that he is the, the U.S. government not with the joint statement with Canada that he was caught stealing um roughly 60 million dollars from the Petrocaribe fund for his for his own game and this is after him crying wolf and all that so I just want to get your opinion on what do you think um, right now because apparently too he had to he's out of the country as of May 30th he was, he's been out of the US so people don't know where he is right now but
2: yeah, what do you that, think with that kind of money uh, they may never know where he is Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um but you know like this is what happens when you hire, when you vote sweet Mickey in as your president, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is the ridiculousness like, that's going to happen. Um, so I, I would uh, argue that the fact that he's fleeing kind of, you know, is basically admitted an admission. Yeah, of guilt. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to give him like a hundred percent guilty, but maybe I'll give yeah. him like 85 because like, if you're fleeing and if you're one and if you're, your response was you guys don't have proof, right? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your response was I didn't do this, I would never do something like that. This is ridiculous, this is whatever. Your response is you guys don't have proof. Um, and then additionally, like if they were so like if the rifles just went to the Haiti, then there'd be an accounting of that to be like, Hey, this is where it went, etc. So that would be easy, easy to clear. And the pitch, like someone the pitchel money, someone stole it because during that, those years i was in haiti i was pumping gas i was mm-hmm. paying for my gas so what happened is they got the oil on consignment people paid for the gas it just never went back to who it was supposed to go back to or mm, to reinvest yeah. into the country so someone took the money and the people that had the most access to the money weren't wasn't regular people yeah. so i'm not you know because i'm in america you know he's presumed innocent until proven guilty yeah but if you're fleeing if you're whatever and then not you're not fleeing making videos and you know like um, Julian Assange, who's like fighting the power from yeah, behind. You yeah. know? No, you're fleeing, you're hiding. It's a different conversation. Like, go somewhere mm-hmm. where, you, where there's no extradition, go somewhere where you can exactly. get out the way, And then please your case. Yeah. Give your receipts, make your proof. And if you have $60 million or whatever your, your, the amount of money is, show where you got the money from. Like, I don't know this guy for anything else except for being in the Sweet Mickey administration. So, what did he do before <laughs> that?
1: Yeah.
2: No, I'm saying, like, what did he do to get him $60 million?
1: He was, a, I know he was a interim prime minister for, I think, a couple of years after but that, I, but that's but, about it.
2: But I'm asking, like, like, do you know if he was, like, in, like, like, did he invent an app? Like, what did he do for oh, that Oh, no. Kind of, yeah, yeah, you know he what I'm saying? Had, so,
1: um, he had a, before, in the early 2000s, he had this mini um, startup um, tech company, but I have to look into it. He did have his own um yeah. um company, something related to tech, but it was really yeah, at but, the initial level.
2: But even if he bought out, if he got bought out, right, let's say someone bought him down, out just to, like kill the project yeah he would have the receipts from that transaction so like if you you know i'm saying so like if you didn't do it just be like this is where the money came from here's my receipts leave me alone it's if you're walking if you're doing the right thing it's very easy all the time like it's it's true
1: you have nothing to hide it's literally just hey this is where i got my money here you go
2: yeah so So i'd be like this is where the guns went this is who was in charge this is whatever I, i doubt all the people who were in custody of the weapons are dead right? So someone has to be there to be like, yes, I did receive the weapons. Here's the paperwork. Here's the et cetera. But speaking of that, you know, like, and like I said, like old principles, whatever, like when you look at something like that, moving forward in the future, a purchase like that and the tracking of something like that is going to, if it's recorded on the blockchain in the future, there'll never Mm -hmm. be this kind of, you know, so like I'm saying, like, there's so much when I say like, there's nothing going on in Haiti that to the point where it's at the most advantageous position is now when they're building, they could build with the advantage of everything that's been done since the industrial literally. revolution you know what i'm saying like literally some haitians probably never had a phone on the wall they've always had a cell phone you know some yeah. people have always had wireless internet so it's, it's a great time like for everybody to be alive like just in general because of yeah all stuff that we have but it's also like a great time to like you know to organize to do something and to to have an end result it's just you know like how do you do that like, how do you prevent the corruption? Like, is is kind of like what, what's like, the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then really, it's like, you could say, like, you can look at a bunch of political leaders. If I'm not of the belief that if I took the whole, well, there's no parliament now, but if I took all the politicians that were in parliament like five, six years ago, um, I'm sure they all cover for each other, but I wouldn't say all of them are corrupt. They might be like, they might not be able to say, like, like denounce people. They might be scared to denounce others of doing yeah. corruption, but I don't think all of them are strict all doing all the activity. But back to the thing that um, in El Salvador, they they were situation like it's are, the situation in Haiti can be better because they weren't as good as they were now, like just six, seven years ago. like yeah. their gangs were ravaging their streets as well, and economically, they weren't doing that much um, better, and they took a lead. There' a few actually, actually right now, the only Latin American country that took a lead and actually kept buying Bitcoin and keeping in their reserve Getting with the, resource, the hope yeah. of hope of that uh, blowing up eventually. Um, I know there's a having the Bitcoin having in
2: next 20- year. I think in March or April it's a having in 2024. Yeah,
1: 2024. Yeah, so there's yeah. that coming up too. Um, and the graph shows too. Um, most times when there's a having, the value does go up. Yeah. Um, from Bitcoin. yeah,
2: no, there's always a, a massive bull run, and then not only that, like I would say, like every year that goes by, adoption, uh-huh. like True. It's, you know, so it, it just keeps increasing. So like, uh, I think it's a company called Strike. They've just yeah. expanded to, like, 60-something countries or something like Strike that. pay, yeah. Yeah, so, like, now that's just going to get more people, you know, like, adopting this. So even if someone, like, just owns, like, a tenth of one, you know, like, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're adding to that. And to be honest, unless there's, like, some crazy, like, I, I'm, I'm guessing if there was, like, a way to, like, crack the code and, like, take all the money, like, whatever, it would have happened by now because it was already at, like, 60,000 or whatever case may be. Yeah. Um, it's people not understanding what real freedom looks like because Mm -hmm. everyone should say hey i'm gonna get a little bit of this no country controls it i can transact direct to someone i don't need anybody in the middle everybody should say hey you know like so but it's because people don't you know like people are more skeptical of it because it's like hey i I need the guardrails of this or whatever so but as more people you know as inflation continues to chew away i I think people (laughs) people will be looking for alternatives
1: people will be like yo i'll take whatever at this point like yeah because I think too well back to um, the Bitcoin thing. I think it's the um, the fear, the FOMO, well, not FOMO, but the fear, uncertainty. Well, they call it in the FUD, fear, uncertainty. Bud, yeah, Bud, yeah. I think a lot of that is um like you see just articles and whatever. They always say, "Oh, Bitcoin's a scam." It is volatile, but if you think of it as a not a um not trading animal, but just kind of as a like a a reserve currency yeah. or kind of as an asset, then honestly, and, it's and, not all, and,
2: and all it's gonna be, it's gonna be um us deciding to believe in it, right? Like as a collective, that's all it takes. And then, you know, speaking of that, so like, for example, let's just say Haiti decided to go like more like the digital route, right? Mm -hmm. There's a blockchain out there that has like, like an ID. So like you would have like, you know, like my would be like Steve one, two, three, right. As Mm -hmm. opposed to like a cryptic like series of keys or whatever. Yeah. They could do something like, Hey, when you're a Senator, this is your ID. And then on the blockchain, everybody Mm -hmm. to see, this is what this guy gets paid. This is what this guy gets paid. So now if I'm, a Haitian person and this guy makes you know 25,000 US like equivalent a year and he's driving in a Bugatti, then I know like this is a guy he should not be driving. These are the type of things I, I think, um, um, and I'm very excited about um decentralization because if they create yeah. a situation where everything becomes transparent for the public to see. You know, like we're like it's gonna be real clear because no one's gonna do corruption just to watch your bank account. Like they're exactly. gonna their lifestyle, so it's gonna be very easy to see who's doing what, who's doing whatever. But as everything's a secret, and it should be public record. Like we know what politicians get paid in the U.S., and then we're always wondering like how is someone worth a hundred million dollars making like one hundred eighty six thousand a year? Like you yeah. know the number, you know, like so
1: Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, yeah. like so, yeah. so. we just
2: we just identify the corruption here. We don't do anything. Yeah. About, you know? <laughs> At least. <laughs> <laughs> But at least if we get Haitians identifying their corruption, I yeah, think, you
1: know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> no, honestly, no, that would help too. Like, it's yeah. there's too much of that going on, and even for um, you're talking about the accountability, I think even um, you can add that to even like type of government spending too, right? Like, um, like there's a budget, they make a budget every year or every February, yeah. uh, they, they come out with the the monitor, the like it's basically the, the budget, uh, budget plan. And give a bunch of numbers, but if there was a way to track the government spending and where what programs it's going to, I think well, that would help
2: so there's so let's this like the technology exists, like yeah, there's, there's a way to do it is getting the populace to be paying attention enough to say we want to enact this enact that and and we and you know, like I don't know if you know what's going on in like in Atlanta. They're trying to build this thing called Cop City, but the people in the residence are protesting, they don't want them to build it. And like okay. this young kid got shot and they're like, ah, oh, his hands were up and he was sitting down. Mm. Um, but a problem that we're having here, because everybody's not paying attention, is that you know, government has a a big overreach. Like they're going beyond the will of the people. But the only people that can combat that are the people, but the people aren't paying attention. So, like, this is gonna be a problem moving forward as you're going to have a segment of the population who are paying attention, who wants to fight back. And if they can't find a way to entice like everybody else to say, Hey, look, like stop this rat race, pay attention to what's really going on. Cause what's happening is it's like, we're all on treadmills. So you're like, okay, I'm going to run a little faster. And then someone just comes by and pushes the button and makes it go faster. So like, if you Mm. don't sit down and be like, Hey, like, this is the problem. Like, you know, these are the issues. Like, you know, before we got on here, we were talking about um the money to Ukraine, and I broke down like how it was, like over three hundred houses could have thousand houses could yeah. be built. You know, what I'm saying like until people start saying like, "Hey, like this is a structural problem. What are you guys doing here?" Like it's just gonna keep going. So I don't know. I, I guess when they get exhausted, uh, when maybe the economy like just collapsed completely or something. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just here. I'm trying to play it the best that I can. Yeah. Um, you know, but if um if people don't start paying attention, man, like it's
1: <laughs> you know get yeah, worse.
2: Like all your children will be debt slaves. Cause that's going to be the new slavery. Your children are just going to like, they're going to owe money. Their kids are going to owe more money. And the kids below them are going to owe more money. Yeah, And you know, that's, that's going to be it. So
1: no, true. Okay. And to wrap up, like we're almost done here. I wanted to ask you if you were like, in terms of like top five, if you were president today, top five, like you list top five, one from one to five, what would be your top priorities for
2: the country? You're going to make me president yeah it's <laughs> yeah. a bad yeah. Call, man. That's, that's not a it's not a good call you know I, I hey well i already
1: you, you won't i don't know you won't be corrupt so <laughs> already um, we're at a, that's an advantage
2: you so. know what my, my wife asked me this one time and she said um and i was talking about we were talking about the corruption and then she said well how do you know you can't be corrupt everybody's corruptible and i said well not for this right so like it was yeah. just something that i was just like yo for this one thing like it's just not gonna be <laughs> yeah. like i'm gonna do my five years whatever yeah um so I, I guess the first thing I would focus on, um, if you kind of look at like the Singapore story. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is like Haiti has like no real military. So like they need to mm-hmm. go back and create that. Yeah. So you have to be able to defend yourself. Yeah. Um, then the second thing would have to be Singapore, Singapore had built a good amount of public housing. Okay. Um, all right. So then you'd have to start housing the people and then you want to do it you know, it's gonna take like looking at a map and strategically placing people to kind of disperse and reduce the population in Port-au-Prince. Like there's just too many people in Port-au-Prince. It's, you know, it's unmanageable. So like we'd have to house people. Then we'd have to incentivize um, growing food, I guess would be number three. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because like, you want to be um, sovereign. You want to make sure like no matter what happens, no one could stop the the plugs, you know, like whatever's coming in. Yeah. Um. Then after that, I would, um, like for, for example, like, I would look at, like, land management. Like, for example, like, you go to St. Martin, and they have a beautiful beach at the end of the runway. Okay. You go to Haiti, they have Cite Soleil. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know, so then, you know, like, we would have to say, like, hey, like, we're going to grow our own food. Then we would have to um, figure out, like, what industries we want to, like, first venture off into. Obviously, tourism would have to be one just because, like, we're so close to America. Yeah. um, So then I would have to say, like, hey, we have to reclaim the coastline and try to get that. And maybe even make it, like, public-private partnerships. Um, and the reason I would want to do that and at a minimum of 50, 50% take, or maybe 51, 49, um, Cuba used to be thriving, you know, when American businesses were there making all the money and not giving the people anything. And the minute they say like, this is not okay. Then that's when they got sanctions and all this stuff. So, you know, you have to make sure that no one can ever come in and then have like more power on you than then, and then I guess the last thing was I would want to revamp education, Um, the education needs to be focused. Like we're coming into a new world where, you know, it's technology, it's AI, it's um, automation, it's all this stuff. So it can't be having people like, yeah, you need to know how to read. You need to know how to write. Everybody's going to like, half the country's gonna have to speak Chinese, half the country's gonna have to yeah. speak English. Second, like That would be the second language classes, right? Mm, um, okay. So that would be like, you know, like how here in America, like, you know, I took French, like, cause I could cheat code. I speak Creole. So yeah. like, you know, you have to take some classes to whatever. So like not everybody's gonna be fluent, but you're gonna have those, you know, there's always that, that higher achieving group of people who are going to like master it. Right. And now we can be like, okay, these people can interact with these people for business and these people can interact with these people for business and try to bring more money in that way. Um, you know, so just lean into an education where it's more like, you know, computer driven, tech driven, um, STEM, I guess is uh, what it is.
1: Yeah. And then, so
2: I know that that would be, um, I think that's five. And I think the last, even though you asked for five, I'm gonna give you a bonus one. Yeah, I I, I like to give, and I, I think, um, once we started industries that were getting money in is to try to like work on infrastructure. So I would mm-hmm. focus more on like arteries first. So not like having good roads everywhere, but just being able to like, you know, I flew from Port-au-Prince to Cape Haitian in a Cessna 172. It took like 35, 40 minutes. Okay. that's like an eight hour drive. That's ridiculous. Oh, you, you know okay. what I'm saying? But yeah. because, the, because the roads are not, I mean, there's mountainous terrain, so I don't think you're going to get it down to, like, under an hour. Like, like the actual nautical mile distance is, like, uh-huh. I don't know, 56, 60 miles, right? Okay. Like, from point A, point B, if we're to yeah. just fly over. But there's mountains and all that stuff in the way. But because the roads are in, like, poor conditions and things of that nature, and there's not, like, a highway-built mindset, yeah. then it takes, like, eight hours. But if you could reduce that to, like, four or whatever, I think that would be something that yeah. would be, you know. So, like, just making sure, like, hey, you could get from Port-au-Prince to Cape Haitian real quick, Port-au-Prince to um, – What's that, Jeremy over at the end? Yeah, yeah, Jeremy. And then, yeah, Jeremy. End, and then yeah. doing it like that. So that way we have these main arteries that are flowing. Um, and then part of that pro- project was, you know, I know it may not be pop- popular, but um, the communists would have to stop. The what? Communists. So basically, people have all these beat up, like old Toyota Tacomas, whatever. They put okay. some benches or whatever. So we would need a more structured system of, mass transportation so those oh, people can move over mean. and drive but they create so much chaos in traffic because they stop anywhere at any time for anybody
0: oh, so yeah. yeah
2: so like so by creating like the flow of people moving and whatever then it becomes a place that you know like sometimes i need to move four miles in haiti and it takes me like 45 minutes
1: okay you, you know what i'm saying like, like, okay like, that's yeah. crazy but yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> like- so it's and, I, and when I say four miles, I don't mean like nautical. I mean like driving miles. Driving. 30s. Yeah, it takes like 45 minutes because, you know, if you go in the morning, everybody's coming down. There's these big trucks. If it breaks down, it's whatever. So, like, mm. um, things that I saw, I was like, man, if somebody wants to do construction, great. Your trucks have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and they need to be on site by 5. Yeah. And in that way, people that are commuting to work, when they get up and start leaving at 6 and 7, the road's clear. You don't have this truck breaking down. Now it's a one-lane road. You know, like, so yeah. these, are, these are the type of things is um, it's just trying to facilitate everyone else pursuing what they're trying to pursue okay
1: yeah well those are good honestly but well the road part i didn't know like i didn't i didn't take in you how it took, took eight hours from au Prince to go up north considering 80 the size of i think massachusetts
2: yeah so, so it, it, like, well i mean there's mountainous terrain so it's always going to be slower than expected yeah but um that is a big problem and the, you know like some of the road is messed up some of it you know so like they just need to kind of like work those things and i, I think that would be great
1: okay all right well folks thank you for jo- tuning in guys so this was steve from the T Timbo podcast um steve thanks again for joining um this was yeah. a great com- uh, this was a great discussion i'll definitely have you uh back another time yeah. um as for the 1804 thank you guys for tuning in and i'll see you guys soon take care all
2: right thank you